Welcome to today's broadcast of Front Porch Talks. I'm Grayson Willis. And I'm Pastor Margaret Michael. Thanks for listening today, and today we're joined by Sarah Woodward. Sarah, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for joining us, and uh, Sarah's here to share her testimony today. Uh, Sarah, just start out telling us about where you're from and about how you grew up. When I was first born, um, I had a lot of health concerns, and um, I was just having like apnea spells, and um, quickly the doctors realized something was really going on with me, and um, they um, weren't sure, you know, and I wasn't able to keep any liquids down, and so about two months old, they finally kind of figured out what was going on with my little body, and um, I had this procedure done called a Nissan fundification, which I don't know, you know, what that really entails, but um, it truly saved my life, Um, and I was able to start growing and keeping fluids down. Um, and so as I grew up, you know, my family told me that I was a miracle and, um, just how special I was that basically I survived, um, right, right. survived that. So, um, because what I had, um, the doctors thought, you know, that I wouldn't walk, that wow. I might not talk, <laughs> that I would have mental disabilities. You proved them wrong without talking. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Amen. <laughs> and so they just thought that I had, they called it failure to thrive. Mm-hmm. And um, so basically I just kept growing and growing and um, my little body just did all the things that they thought that it wow. wouldn't. So that's that, amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. And, um, but I did grow up here in the Valley mm-hmm. and um, my mom was 15 when she had me. And so um, she was a single parent, and so I was passed around a lot between family members, got lots of love and attention. But I think what I struggled with as a child was I just needed a stable household. Right. I just felt like, you know, mom had her own struggles, and I just needed consistency. And so it was hard right. growing up. And then as I, you know, got a little bit older, I was sexually abused as a child, mm. and um, that was really hard. It was a dark time. Yeah. And um, not only was I entering middle school, which was, you know, hard in itself. Right. But I just couldn't wrap my mind around the situation. And I feel like um, the thoughts that were planned of me, of being favored by God, just started to get squished down inside. And um, they almost vanished. I just felt really alone. And I felt like I couldn't talk to anybody Mm -hmm. about the situation. So my self-worth and my value just kind of, it went away in a sense as a young girl. And um, so... The combination of all those things um, with the abuse, I just, it had me in like a whirlwind as a young girl, and I was just with the wrong people, doing the wrong things, and um, basically from middle school into my early adult years, I was just angry. I was just angry, and I was just trying to escape the emotion of all of it, Um, and I was rebelling, and I ran away from home twice, and I was basically just screaming for someone to help me, so it was, you know back and forth. Um, but God showed up, you know, he showed up. Um, I had a babysitter who, um, I just loved her name was Penny. And, um, I'm sure growing up people told me about Jesus, but, Mm. um, Penny showed me Jesus. Wow. Wow. Yeah. She's amazing. Um, what stands out to me about her showing me Jesus is like, if I fell down as a little girl, she would stop and she would pray. And I remember seeing her by her bedside and, um, she just really planted those first seeds of faith. Mm -hmm. Um, and she just made everything fun and just, made life easy and it was just it felt complete when I was with her yeah so it felt like real genuine love you really knew that she cared and not that other people didn't care I know that your family loved you but there was something about Penny was different Mm-hmm. yeah yeah it just something was different and like I said I mean I'm sure growing up people I know they did because they said you were you know that I was a miracle and how God spared me at birth and I remember hearing those stories as growing up but Penny made it real, 
you know, yeah. and she took me to church, you know, on Sundays and go Wednesdays and different events. And then in 1998, a Pentecostal pastor um, baptized me in the Shenandoah River. And wow. I just felt close to the Lord as a young girl. And she definitely had um, a huge role in that, mm-hmm. um, even to this day. That's powerful. Yeah. Thank you for sharing uh, that with us, Sarah. So can you look back um, in your life? Like I've told the story before about looking back and just kind of coming to that place where I realized that there really was a God. Like what was that? Do you have a moment like that where you just, whether it's through nature, whether it's through maybe it's Penny, maybe that is your answer. I do think um, that it was Penny. I think her um, not just talking about God, but showing me God and her bringing him into everyday life Mm -hmm. is what made me aware that he was real and that he cared about me falling down, you know, and he cared about the big things like me getting baptized and the little things like my boo-boos. And um, she just brought it into, into perspective. That's good. So how old were you when you were baptized? I was 12 years old. Wow. So did you begin to be a part? Did you ever go to a youth group? Were you involved in church at all during the teen years, or did things just get too crazy? Yeah, I think they got just too crazy. We moved a lot, and I think as I got older, just the the rebellion inside of me, I wasn't, you know, Penny, when we had moved out of state for a short time, and um, it was really hard because I was with Penny a lot at that point, and so it was it was difficult to leave her. So as we were moving and kind of shuffling around more and more, I really didn't get settled into a church until I right. started, you know, coming here, wow. um, really as a young adult. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Um, it's always interesting um, to know, you know, we kind of think a lot, especially I think here in the Valley, that people probably grew up in church, mm-hmm. you know, and that that was a part of their life in some way. And that's just not always the case. And so you began to come to church here. Um, tell us a little bit about your family and you actually work here too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about kind of get us up to date, up to speed on your family and what you do for a living. Sure. Yeah. So I'm married to my husband, Corey, and it's interesting because I feel like um, when I was in that whirlwind and not sure with all the emotions and all the anger that I was going through, um, when I met Corey, I mean, I'm going to get a little mushy here. It was like love at first sight, like mm-hmm. weak in the knees. Like yeah. I just knew and um, like something I never felt, which is amazing. But meeting him and starting to think about my life, starting to think, okay, I'm going to marry this man. And I don't even know what a family should look like. I don't know, you wow. know, what I need to do. And um that's when I started to seek, like, okay, what in my childhood do I want to cling to? Right. And then I remembered Penny and her praying, and then it's like it all came full circle. The seeds were planted, but by me meeting Corey and starting to think about my future, it's like it came back around, like, wow. I need Jesus in my life, and I want, you know, Jesus in my kid's life. And it made me start seeking out, you know, mm-hmm. churches and trying to figure out what I needed to do to try to have a foundation um, that I want it for my family and yeah. my future children and, you know, for my husband and myself. So um, I do work here at um, Kids Harbor at the church, and I, I do really enjoy it. But um, that was definitely a God thing. Um, I was working at a local bank um, with my dear friend Tina Bright at the mm. time. 
and I just felt like um, I felt like the Lord was asking me to come work at the church and I had shared that with her and I'm like I don't know what you know this is what I think he's asking me to do and I don't even know what that means I didn't even necessarily think this church I just felt like I needed to be in the church and so she said you know have you ever heard of um Kids Harbor that's a ministry of the church and I honestly hadn't and I'm like no I hadn't and so she said you should go talk to Angela and so um Levi our oldest son was just a couple months old and I had came um, to talk to Angela, and at the time, there was only part-time evening positions open. And so I filled out my application, and um, but I really needed full-time, mm-hmm. and so I was like, okay, Lord, I feel like I took the step you needed me to take, and I, you know, I don't know what to do, so I'm just going to lay this down. And I think the waiting is the hardest because mm-hmm. you're kind of in limbo. You don't really know. You know what God's asking you to do, but you don't really know what steps to take <laughs> to do it. So you just do your part, mm-hmm. you know. So... Um, about a year and a half later, I was here for a membership class, and I thought, oh, I'll just stop by and get the bulletin and see what's going on at the church, and there was the administrative position open at Kids Harbor, which was full-time, and I was like, wow, that's so awesome, because um, I had graduated with a business degree. Mm-hmm. I had, besides some waitressing jobs, I had always worked in an office, and I loved kids. I was pregnant with our second son at the time and um Jackson and so I was like wow this would be awesome like I would love to stay home but I can't stay home and so this is like the next Mm, best thing so I filled out the application again and turned it in and God worked out the details and I've been there for almost seven years now and just love what I'm doing and just grateful to be a part of something that's bigger than me Mm -hmm. and um it's awesome yeah yeah well Sarah as you were talking I was thinking about how you were talking about waiting or maybe like you said, when you applied to Kids Harbor and there only being the part-time position open, you really needed a full-time position, but you had felt like you had done what you could do. But just talk about being in that waiting process and how God used that time to really open up doors down the road for you and uh, really bring about what seems like a perfect situation for you and just anything you want to share about that time. Yeah, um, it was hard because I felt disappointed. You know, I didn't know what God was up to. And I thought, well, did I miss here? What he asked me to do, you know, cause I thought, Oh, I'm going to go, you know, go into kids Harbor and they're going to say, Oh yeah, sure. You know, come, you know, and you just think it's going to work out like that. And so when it doesn't, it is hard and it's, it feels like a disappointment, but I think the obedience is the, you know, is all we can do. And so I felt like I had a piece about it because I felt like I had done what, you know, God had asked me to do. And, um, and I did have to wait and it was hard. And I I did in that time too keep seeking like, Lord, is there, is there another church? Is there something else you're asking me? Am I missing, you know, just trying to stay close to people like I did with Tina, you know, it's like, I wouldn't have even thought about Kids Harbor or known about Kids Harbor had she not, you know, mentioned that to me. So just trying to seek, um, just wise counsel and, you know, just trying to really just lay it down and, it was just a, at the time I'm busy, you know, with a, a couple month old baby. And, um, so it was hard, but I just kind of kept on the task that I needed to do and just knew God was going to work it out if that's what he was truly putting on my heart. So, yeah, that's, it sounds to be like, um, surrender. You know, you did what he asked and you continued to be faithful and making sure that you weren't missing other things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what's so beautiful about surrender is when we surrender it to God, we don't have to worry a lot about it. Mm-hmm. You know, we look for the opportunities that, like you did, um, in many different circumstances um, that can come up in our lives. And I think it's just a great lesson for us 
to realize that, you know, you do what you think you can, but you're really worrying about it and finding yourself in a place of anxiety about mm-hmm. what, you know, did I do something wrong? You just have to live it out and exactly. trust God with the details. And then he's just faithful. And when I saw that, you know, I wasn't even at church that Sunday. I don't know what was going on besides I was coming to the membership class. And it just, I didn't always stop and get a bulletin, you know. But that Sunday I did stop and get a bulletin. Mm -hmm. And it was like, as soon as I saw it, I'm thinking, Lord, this is it. This is what, you know, a year and a half later is really not that long of a time span in reality. um, Even though it felt long. (laughs) Um, He worked it out. So it's amazing. So what do you feel now? You work here. You have a couple boys. You did something pretty amazing, um, and I'm just now understanding a little bit more about why you did probably what you did. Um, but I remember it hasn't been too awful long ago. You opened your home to someone, mm-hmm. and actually, she's been on this program and shared her story and shared about you, um, taking her in at a time when. She really um, was in desperate need of the love of Jesus, the kind of love that uh, maybe Penny showed you. Mm-hmm. You want to share a little bit about doing that and maybe some things that you learned yeah. about God through that and his faithfulness? Yeah, absolutely. Well, it is kind of, it's as I reflect, it's, um, it's deep. I feel like a couple years ago, um, I found out that I was pregnant um, with what would be our third child. And unfortunately, that pregnancy ended in miscarriage. Mm, And it was hard. Yeah, it was hard. I just grieved. But I am so grateful since I was plugged into the church. I had um, grateful for my family and my awesome life group. Um, I see our step study that Mm -hmm. I was in, my KH family, my church family. Everybody stepped in and was Jesus to me, and it was amazing. So it's so important to have people around you that are not only there for the good times, but also for those hard times. But there was the room in our home that was going to be the nursery. Mm. And it was an ache. It was hard. I just shut that door, and I just hardly didn't even want to walk by it, you know, to be honest. It was just hard. And so, but shortly after that miscarriage, I had heard that Ariel was having a baby. And um, I had grown up with Ariel um, on and off because both of our moms were single parents, and so Mm. we had lived in and out of the same household um, on and off as kids. And um, I knew that she was expecting a baby, and I just felt the Lord tugging at my heart to help her. And I didn't really know what that meant. And at the time, I sensed God was saying, you need to give her your baby things. I knew we, were done, we weren't going to have any more children. We were done. And um, so it was hard because, you know, it's like that's the last of the baby things. But right. it's like it was a sacrifice. I'm like, Lord, she needs this. I know what you're asking me to give her these things. And so I did, I'm like, okay, I'm going to take her these baby things and then she can be blessed by, you know, for her little one. And, um, we went to supper that night and we were able to catch up and reconnect. And then the next day she called me and she was eight months pregnant. And she said where she was living, she wasn't going to be able to stay there anymore. Um, and so automatically I knew, yes, yes, you can come Mm -hmm. stay with us. That's, you know, amazing but I had to check with my husband of course course. and before I even got the sentence out he was like yes yes bring her here and let's let's try to help her get back on her feet um so when Ariel moved into that room you know that was going to be a nursery um it was a nursery it became a nursery not only to um help her um but it was also it gave her the space to be the mom that God called her to be so God took Something that when I walked by, it was like an ache and a hurt, and he just made it beautiful. Wow. So um, 
it's just amazing. God does really work all things for good because if if we would have had that baby, which would have been a blessing, you know, we wouldn't have been able right. to help Eric. Yeah. Well, I know that you have been such a blessing to her, and it doesn't mean that it was all easy, right? Yeah, right. It's, yeah, we're <laughs> still growing. That too. We're all growing. We're still growing. And, and um, to, you know, I think about bedrooms um, of homes, and I have some of those that are open, and I have invited people into our home at different times that have folks, mostly young girls that have lived with us, and um, there's such a blessing in that, and, you know, I've found myself in places before where I needed a place to stay because of my own rebellion and um, there were people that grace to me mm-hmm. and so I want to be that grace to other people um, when I can and I see that in you wanting to help someone else and help them to succeed so mm-hmm. thank you for what you did for Ariel she is a blessing to watch her grow it's just been such a blessing to watch her grow Mm-hmm. And um, Remy, just his smile. And, <laughs> so sweet. Um, so thank you. Mm-hmm. I know that her life is different because of you. And uh, God used you greatly in that way. And we are grateful um, that you partnered with her, you and Corey. That was a big deal. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sarah, thank you for sharing that. And uh, I just was thinking, especially this time of year, the song Beauty for Ashes, Strength for Fear, and about how he can take hard things in our lives and use, you know, like the Bible says, you might have meant this for evil, but I used it for good. Mm-hmm. So he can take, but that's certainly surrender too. You were mm-hmm. surrendered to God's will, even though it was painful and not easy. And just share about how God is maybe in the last year about how he's answered prayer or maybe how he's brought healing, restoration, and uh, forgiveness, but healing and restoration specifically, I think, and maybe how he continues to do that in your life uh, through that situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely think with the healing and the restoration, uh, it does boil down to the surrender piece. Um because it, things sometimes are dark and they feel really hard, but when you lay them down and you just pray and you ask God, you know, help me with this, He does, and He does mm-hmm. take the what is you feel like is the enemy attack. You know, I really felt like in that hard time, like, God, what's going on? You know, it was hard. Mm-hmm. It was hard. Yeah. But um, I am really thankful that He took um, that difficult season and He really did just to bring tremendous joy to our family. I mean, she's a part of our family now, and mm. um, and Remy, he's just beautiful, and I really don't think that would have been possible. I mean, God would obviously work out the details for her life, but I'm just thankful that he let us be a part of that and in that process brought healing to me because it's like, you know, you might not have got what you thought you wanted, but you still, you know, I still, we still got a baby in our family, and we're still blessed, and in a, <laughs> in a way, it's really nice, because we can, you know, like, let's go love on him, and you take him <laughs> home, and uh, I'm sleeping through the night still, you know, so, um, so you just have to make light of things, and just be surrendered, for sure, but uh, for the answered prayer for this year, um, I do believe God is in all the details, because <laughs> he is, and um, so, but part of my job at Kids Harbor is it mission? And it's registration season, and so it's just super busy. But um, one of the things that I always have to do before I touch waiting lists and rosters is just pray for God's provision and, you know, 
working out all the details and giving me clarity, <laughs> all mm-hmm. the things. Um, but just last week, actually twice last week this happened, so it is amazing. But um, I had some families that needed full-time care. And um, this one in particular needed full-time care, and she was really upset because I wasn't going to have five days, you know. And I'm like, I'm sorry. You know, I want people to get in five days, but I don't always, because of numbers and ratios, you don't always have five days. Um, and so it was hard to tell them that I couldn't accommodate what they needed. Um, but I, you know, at the same time, and seeking and trusting, like, Lord, you know what they need, and you know what we need, and work it all out, you know, and just laying it down. And um, another family came in that same week and had dropped down their days for, would you know, the exact opposite days of what wow. the other family needed. And so um, I was able to call that other family that was really discouraged about not getting the five days and was like, hey, do you know God's really in the details? <laughs> and um, they were like, oh, they were so excited. And I was too because um, it was not only an answer prayer for them, but it was an answer prayer for me because I really do want, you know, to try to accommodate, right. you know, what you can. So just seeing his hand every day like that, it just gives you like a God glimpse. <laughs> And it helps to build your trust and your faith, um, knowing that he's in the little things. Mm -hmm. Such a big God, but he's in the minute details. And it helps when you hit those hard days. You go, wait a minute. He was faithful over here in this. and He'll be just as faithful in this thing that I'm looking at. Um, And he continues to build our faith. Sometimes we just don't see how it can work. And then he shows up and... Absolutely. just shows off, you know, in a way that only God can is, mm-hmm. as he moves the pieces yes. um, for, you know, the pieces that are always moving, such as Kids Harbor, <laughs> you know, schedule, yeah. which there's the waiting list and there's all of this, and but yet the pieces are moved um, that need to be. And they don't always turn out perfect like that. And that's where surrender comes, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, Sometimes we must wait, but he's so often, I think, a grateful heart. You know, he appreciates. Um, I was just telling my life group this last night that, you know, God works out the details of things in such amazing ways. And I think when he does that, I always want to remember to just have gratitude to him for those Mm -hmm. things. Not take it for granted, Mm -hmm. but to realize that he really is engaged and listening and he sees and he cares. And I think it makes a difference. It's kind of like when our children come to us and, you know, we do something for them and they say thank you and they're mm-hmm. having hearts of gratitude. It does something for us as parents. I can only imagine what it does for God. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I had this um, journal that started out as a grateful journal, mm-hmm. you know, and I would write down because I wanted to be more thankful. I think it may, it may be even started in a November where you do like the thankful month. Mm-hmm. And then it quickly turned into a prayer journal and a thankful journal. You know, it was both. And um, it's so amazing when I do feel discouraged or I do feel like, God, where are you? Like what, you know, you just have different seasons of life. And I can open up that prayer journal and I can literally go back and read years ago something that I was praying for mm-hmm. that he was in the details and he, you know, mm-hmm. and they were answered prayers. And so, um, I think it is really important to, you know, be grateful and, um, just continue to surrender. But it's amazing through that journal, how you can draw close to the Lord, just seeing where his hand was now reflecting back. Um, like I didn't even realize you were working that out. Um, but you were. And so it's awesome to see that. Yeah. You know, he tells us so often in scripture, especially in the book, of Psalms, he talks about giving thanks 
to the Lord, and it's just a very important part of life. And I think even when we start that, like you talked about the gratitude journal, even when we start that, um, just finding anything we can to be grateful for, even when we feel like life is hopeless. There may be people listening today that feel hopeless, and uh, what would you say to them about starting that journal? How has that helped you? And I know that you've spoke a little bit to that, but if you would have something, just an encouraging word to share with someone about how that's changed your life. Yeah, I remember seeing a post or something somewhere that said, what if God only gave you today what you were thankful for yesterday? Mm. And that, I believe, was the start of the journal. (laughs) That's a good place to start. (laughs) That was the start of the thankful journal because I'm like, Lord, am I, you know, I want to be, I am grateful and I'm thankful and I want to make sure I'm telling you that I'm grateful. And so it's powerful. I think not only just in communicating with God, I feel like when I'm writing out prayers and what I'm thankful for, it does draw me just in his presence. And that's an important time. But Mm -hmm. also I feel like the reflection part is more so for me to be able to see how, because, you know, you pray stuff and six months from now, I'm not going to remember what I was praying for six months ago. But when I go back to my journal, I can see, and then it's like, okay, Mm -hmm. where are we at now? And seeing God's hand just, I feel like is another piece of drawing Mm -hmm. me closer to him. Yeah. Thank you for uh, sharing, Sarah. Is there anything else that we haven't maybe asked you that you'd like to share uh, about your testimony or maybe what he's doing right now uh, that lets you know the gospel is the good news? Just anything else that you would like to share? Well, um, one of the things that I think sticks out to me was um, years ago I heard um, your dad, PK, say longevity is the greatest convincer. Mm -hmm. And that's always stuck with me um, because... I'm still progressing. I'm still, you know, God's still working on me like that. Isn't that Mandisa song? <laughs> um, but um, longevity is the greatest convincer. And I just want continue to seek him. And hopefully through this mess, <laughs> um, God creates a message mm-hmm. for his namesake. And that people can see, you know, God's still continuing every day to, you know, change my attitude about something or continue to mold my thinking. And so... Um, I hope that um, people can just continue to draw to him and just know that it is a journey, you know, and he can do all things. He can take Mm -hmm. every mess and he can turn it into a message Mm -hmm. and he can um, just do great things with your life if you do surrender it. Yeah. You started out today telling us about a great hurt in your life and with abuse. And I look at that and I think about you as this young girl and You went through that rebellion, and God obviously has healed you deeply Mm -hmm. um, from all of that, and so we give him praise for that today. And as I look at your life, I look at what you you did for um, Ariel and Remy, but then I look at what you do every day on that hallway in Kids Harbor where you have children coming in that you love on, and whether you know it or not, you are their penny. And that is amazing that we can, you know, to look back in your life and know that there was one person that made this difference for you. She became a role model, and I don't know if you've ever thought of that before, but you are Sarah to a lot of children on that hallway, but they see Jesus in you every day. And 
God knew the kids that would come up that hallway and it would just need his love. And he uses you as a vessel to do that on a daily basis. So thank you for being faithful when he said to go to the church and get a job. <laughs> thank you for um, listening. And I know that uh, Kids Harbor and Harrisonburg First Church, we're both very grateful uh, for how you love people that enter um, the doors, whether it's into the church or into the Kids Harbor program. So thank you for how you live your life in such a way that inspires others like Ariel to really dig in and find out what God has for her. Thank you for joining us today, Sarah, and thank you for sharing so vulnerably about the different things in your life. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast of Front Porch Talks. We pray that Sarah Woodward's testimony has been a half hour of hope for your life. May God bless. Front Porch Talks is sponsored by Harrisonburg First Church of the Nazarene in partnership with Sunshine Ministries.